Folks, what does everyone do when shopping online? Well, you jump to the reviews and you see what customers actually think. Well, Bull and Branch did the hard work for you. In a recent customer survey, 96% said Bull and Branch sheets get softer with every single wash. Bull and Branch sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on planet Earth. Buttery to the touch, super breathable. Bull and Branch sheets are perfect for both cooler and warmer months. Their luxurious signature hem sheets were made without pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. They really do get softer with every single wash. Best of all, Bull and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping. Returns on all orders. You're not going to want to return them. We love our Bull & Branch product. In fact, when I'm on the road, I actually travel with their cable knit throw blanket. It is that good. Their product is just awesome. After a long day, nothing feels better than a restful night's sleep in the softest, most luxurious sheets. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bull & Branch. Get 15% off your very first order when you use code BEN at bullandbranch.com. That's Bull & Branch, spelled B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code BEN. Exclusions apply. See site for details, bullandbranch.com. Hey, hey, and welcome. This is the Ben Shapiro Show. So it's a Sunday. You know, a few weeks ago, I sat with my friend Andrew Clay, and we talked about many of the most important things in life. The Search is a show that I do with some of my best friends in sort of the media, political, entertainment, scientific space. And we just sit for a couple of hours just talk about life. There's one part of our conversation from The Search that was actually really fascinating. I want to play for you. It's all about what it's like to raise kids. Are kids good? Are kids bad? Are they innocent? Or are they actually little devils? It was really sort of fascinating. I think you'll get a kick out of it. Some people like kids should make their own decisions. Kids are smart. Kids oh are kids God. are Where kids are that, that, that kids are good. Kids are inherently good is one of the stupidest ideas I ever heard in my life. <laughs> kids are innocent. They're not good. They're not. That's not they're, the same that's, thing. That's right. That's right. They are innocent, but they're not good. You have to teach people to be good. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is, no, a, they, this is why mean, you civilize your children. It's the, it's the wonderful. Th actually, one of the wonderful things about them is they say all the things that you you think, but you think I hope nobody knows oh I'm thinking God. that. Oh my, everybody, yeah, my, everybody my, my, my daughter is famous for this. The other, <laughs> apparently, my daughter the other day she was in one of her classes. And she raised her hand for some sort of quiz. And the teacher comes over, and my daughter says, I want to ask a question. The teacher says, it's a quiz I can't answer. My daughter says, so what do they pay you for? <laughs> <laughs> and I see, I was like, the apple hasn't fallen far right, from the tree. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I don't know whether to be angry or, or proud. Or, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's really good. I mean, that's, that's, my daughter is, yeah, she's like, she's whip smart, and she's got a mouth on her. And it's a, it's yeah, a, it's yeah. a, it's a problem. It's been a problem before her comebacks. I think I told you the one, the one where like the the older kid came to her when she was in first grade, and the yeah. other kid was like, you know, we're older than you, and she goes, yeah, that just means you're going to die sooner. I was you like, I was like just wow. like you. It's like, like, wow, that's an amazing comeback. You're like, she, this is when she was like six. I'm like, that's a, like that's a great comeback for like a thirty year old. I mean, like a six year old. But yeah, I mean, they, like they they are, uh, you know, they're not they're not good people. Uh, they're not good people, but they are, you know. They're cultivating it. Like, like you can yeah. see already the nine-year-old, you can see she's, she's got like a deep moral sense. Like yeah. if she thinks something yeah. is, is bad or wrong, she gets very upset about and, it. And you know, they see, I mean, this is the thing. It is, it is like a magic power if, if you're not an immoral person, you know, like, a, yeah. which you're not. I mean, it's like that you actually can say to them as they get older, you can say, ah, you know, don't, don't do that. Yeah. And, and, you know, you don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to raise your voice. Right. It's just they think like, well, you know, I mean, I, I want to, Proudest moment of my life. One of the proudest moments of my life. I once said to my son, like, I never, I never hit my kids. I never had to. You know, I, I could be scary, but I never like. Yeah. You know. Well, so first of all, rule: father does have to have the capacity to be scary. Yes. It's just a yes, thing. Yes, absolutely. Have. It's like the George Pat. It's, it's it's from Patton, right? It's not important for them to know. It's only important for me to know yeah. when I'm actually like angry. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I, I said to him, like, uh, did you? Were you ever afraid I would hit you? You know, because I was, I was frightening. You know, I could be frightening if they were doing something really stupid. And he said, no, that would have been wrong because I was so much smaller than you and I knew you wouldn't do something wrong. 
I thought, you know. That's a, that's a so, great answer. That's a wow. Win, you know? wow. <laughs> so I smacked him. Yeah, I, 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 knocked, I knocked him unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> Smart Alec kid. <laughs> but, it, but it does, you know, it goes back to some of the stuff we were saying. Having that family brings all that stuff into play in such a primal way that suddenly you think like, oh, this is why you do the right thing. Right, well, this is, no, values become like the actual conversation. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, a, no one has values conversations before you have kids. That's right, yeah. I mean, why, yeah. Then, then you have kids and that becomes pretty much all your conversations. Yeah. Yeah. It's like because you actually have to understand your own values in, yeah. order, to, in order to justify them to, to your kids. Right, right. I and mean, like, so much, so much stuff, like when, when I first uh, was, was married, you know, like the idea that you couldn't sleep with anybody else was like kind of this kind of mountainous thing in my way, you know, and like, and the only thing that kept me from doing it was that I loved my wife and didn't want to get caught. It was really, really <laughs> was, really was true. I just thought like, ah, if she catches me, I'm going to lose this woman that I really love, you know. And then one day it sort of occurred to me, like, actually, like, it's not not sleeping with other people. It's actually being faithful. And the minute, the minute I, it's like a revelation. Like it's stupid, but some of these things are like you know. Yeah. I thought, I thought like actually having the quality of fidelity makes me somebody that she can look at and know that she's looking at the person I actually am. You know, complete transformation. I, thought, yeah, so, I, I don't have to struggle to be to be faithful. I only have to struggle to not do. You know. It's right. Like, yeah. I mean, that's no, that's 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 a really good insight. I mean, yeah. the. the and I think that because people think they can have their cake and eat it too, right? I can I can be emotionally faithful to somebody. That's a guy. I wish I'd thought of that. About yeah, exactly. Dickham. Again, one of the, that lie that, that marriage is a patriarchal institution. It's like really, who's giving up like the who's, who's giving up the thing? Well, that that is a funny thing. We were talking about those. Uh sophisticated uh, intellectual women who are kind of thinking we should do marriage this way and do that. And I think like, yeah, the one thing they don't understand is like what men are like. They, yes. You know, the same way we don't really fully understand what women are like. They, right. They don't get that men are giving up a lot for, for marriage. I once, I once said to somebody, you know, actually in a public forum, I can't remember what it was. I said, I said, you know, the urge to, the women's urge to have children and men's urge to sleep with a lot of women. Are equally powerful. That's they're that's power- that's right. Yeah. Actually, they so, were very offended. I mean, there, there's there's some study that I that I saw at one point. My, my actually it was a study my dad had actually seen when he took a psychology class when he was back in college, mm. and it was I, I, I want to look this up. He apparently what the study was is they had uh, it was it was pupil dilation like interest level, and so what they did is they showed they showed men's pupils reacting to naked oh, women, okay, and then they showed women's pupils reacting to naked men. And what they what, what it showed is that they had equal levels of dilation. But then they showed women babies, and the, and the people dilated twice the size. <laughs> which which is true. I mean, like I've always said that that you, you want to make like a billion dollars or a yeah. billion dollars, you don't do webcam girls. You do baby cams for women, like, just to watch like cute babies roam around, like that, which is half of YouTube, right? It's like it's like oh look, it's a baby and it's laughing and the baby's laughing. Like, oh my my wife said the other day she was listening to one of our grandkids laughing you know, a little bit when when he was a little baby. She's just like heroin. Yeah. <laughs> I thought like yeah, kind of, you know. But, no. but you know, it's I think that it's because I, I think maybe because women have a natural drive to have kids. They think that they don't actually that the the I'm societal push to have kids doesn't have to come out of duty. It can come out of love, and I don't think that's right. I think that, that because we as a society have have glommed too much onto love. This means that we don't have as many kids. Huh. What I mean by that is that oh, yeah, it, because the the 
the religious duty, right? The the actual commandment to be fruitful and multiply. It seems like a weird commandment. Why would you have to command yeah. somebody to do that? It's like a thing people have done for literally right. all of human history. And the answer is because it's really tough and annoying. Like a, at least fifty percent of the time. Yeah. And depending on what the kids are doing, like eighty-five to ninety percent of the time. Right. Right. It can be really, really tough and really annoying, especially yeah. balancing a lot of kids. And so when you do it out of love, it's like, yeah, but I love this one. Like this one right in front of me. I love this one. And maybe my love will be diminished if I have a second one. Yeah. And what if my what if I don't have love to go enough love to go right, around? Right, right, yeah. And and there's a lot of cost. I mean, like I can't balance everything. And the answer is that, you know, the the love comes. Uh, I, I, actually, I wonder if there's a Judaism Christianity distinction. From my viewpoint, when it comes to having kids, and also when it comes to God, the love comes after the duty. Huh. And I think that uh, maybe one of the uh, one of the problems for for our society when it comes to kids is it's the idea that the duty comes after the love. I think in almost every in almost every decision that's worth making, the duty comes before the love. I've said this to people about getting married. Because, again, to cite my father, he always said, like, it's not that you meet the girl that you want to marry and then you decide that you want to get married. It's yeah. that you decide you want to get married and then you meet the girl you're going to marry. Well, I think... I, you actually I think have that's a mental true. shift. I think that is true. I think that, you know, I was... I, I, you know, I had a difficult youth, and I, I was in one of the happiest periods of my life. I was dating several women at the same time when I met my wife, and I thought, ah, there she is. And I think that that was... That's it, a rarity. Oh, yes. I was... Uh, I was, I, I don't know, I was hit by lightning, I'm telling you. I, I don't know what it is. God is waiting to smite me in some... <laughs> but no, my, my marriage is, it's not unique, but it is very rare. I mean, I've, I've had this, this 50-year, 40-year romance uh, that is, it's bizarre. I mean, it's bizarre. We don't fight. We don't do anything. We just, like, I'm telling, I'm tell, you know. That, like, that's weird. It's weird. It yeah. is weird. I mean, and we. That, that's and, wildly abnormal. And unless she's lying, we adore each other. I know I adore. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure I'm telling the truth, but I mean, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, and, and it's taught me everything. I mean, I don't think I would believe in God if I hadn't realized that love was a real thing. Like, I think that that was what I thought, like, you know, I mean, my, I, I picked my wife up hitchhiking, you know. This is interesting. I mean, so I, I do wonder whether the focus on love is from when Christianity was even more of a converting religion than when it was a dominant one. Hmm. Well, because I, the way that you draw people to, yeah. what you're saying is that if you're drawing people to an institution they don't know, the way that you bring them in is love. Mm-hmm. You can't do it with duty because they feel no duty. Right, right. But once you have people in a society or in a civilization, I think the duty comes first and then the love comes after. Because I don't, yeah. because again, I think that the vast majority of the time you do the thing, and once you do, and this is very Aristotelian, you do the thing, and then at a certain point after doing the thing long enough, you realize that you love the thing. Well, I guess, may, you know, maybe you're right about this in ter- just in terms of learning, because to me, the, the, the world without love, the world of power, um, which, which I've lived in, I've competed, you know, <laughs> I've won, I've succeeded at the things that I've done and all this stuff, but I, I saw, you know, I was, I was standing once in, in Times Square, and there was a true crime, you know, with my name on it, mm-hmm. and this gigantic sign in, uh, in Times Square. And I thought, I, I, it's doing nothing for me. You know, this is not what I want in life. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. something else that I want. And so I, I have followed love my whole life. I have done what I loved. You know, Jeremy yells at me about it. <laughs> he says, you only do what you love. I, yeah. You know? <laughs> I, and, and that has always been the right decision. And even when it has hurt me in the power realm, like I've written some book that I had to write, and lost audience, or did, the book failed, or whatever. Like, it's always been the right decision every single time. But, but that's real love. It's not love like, uh, oh, I feel, 
I feel good now, you know, it was, it was. Right, no, that, that's, that's when, that's, that's the high, the, the highest form is when the love and the duty are, are, that's are, what I, are similarly that's why oriented hard time, or become identical. That's right? why I'm having a hard time responding right, that's to why, that. That's yeah. why I'm saying that I think that for, for most people, the one is generative of the other. Uh-huh. Meaning that, that's why I'm saying maybe it's, this is true more, more when religions are attempting to convert people. The yeah. way you draw people in is with warmth and love and all of this. And right. religions where it's like, you do the thing and then the way, it, by doing the thing, this is why Judaism isn't good at converting people because it's yeah. like, here's a bunch <laughs> of stuff you do. Yeah. And it's going to be like down to the mind. It's going to be like how you tie your shoes in the morning. Right. Literally in the Mishnah Baruch, which is one of the kind of sources of compendium of, of Jewish law. It's like tie this shoe on before this shoe. It's like that's that's really arcane. Yeah. And but the idea is that if you do all those things, then that amount of duty brings you to love the love the duty, love the law, love the community, and love right. God through all those things. And so, but that's that's. Because that's the way you train children. You don't train children to do what they love. You train children. Right. And I think that we've actually made that mistake. I think you train children to do the thing they're supposed to do. No, and that's then true. They, And then they come to love the thing that they're supposed yes. to do. But now, see, now I always tell people when, when people ask me about, you know, training kids, and I, as I said, I always tell them it's not enough to be moral and to be good. You have to love doing that. You know, yeah. like your kids have to see you happy. And well, that, that's for sure true. Yeah, that's for sure true. If you're if you're angry about having to do the duty, right. then your kids right. are not going to enjoy doing the duty, and they're not going to they're not right. going to see any value in it. You yeah. have to be, uh, you have to be happy in your work. Yeah, right. right? I mean, right. The, the, that's the I'm, I'm, in your service. I'm but. torn about this because I, for me, love and duty have always been almost the same thing. Like that's I'm, a lucky thing. Yeah, I've been called. I feel like from the earliest days, I felt called to do a thing, you know, mm-hmm. and I have done that thing. Right, like. When I wrote you, you, the book you were making fun of, the great, the great good thing, I wrote my memoir. One of the things that really got me, because you know, I spent most of my life joking around, you know. Yeah. But one of the things that got me is how serious I was. It's a very serious. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I thought, who the hell is that guy? You know. But but yeah, I've been very serious about it, and I was very serious about love, and I was very serious about love, even in, um, you know, when it, the the moment that came before that happy period in my life was the moment when I said to myself. I am not going out with women I don't like anymore because I think I can sleep with them. I'm not going to do mm-hmm. that anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, these things okay, have, so then the duty it, sort of did precede the love. Well, because you're, I was you're, miserable. You're, <laughs> right, but, but whether the duty comes out of misery or whether it doesn't yeah. come out of misery, it's pre-commitment to a moral system that allows you to live free within a moral system. I think that's true. I do think that that is true. I think, for me, always, when I found that thing that was a, a positive good, that I could follow. It was like negative things always. I rebel. I'm a rebellious right, artist, right. Like, you know. So, like, when I found that positive thing, you know, giving up cigarettes was so I so I could breathe better and exercise better. It was not because I'm doing this bad thing. If it was that, I'd still be smoking, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, whenever I could find the positive moral thing to do, then if it entailed giving up other things, I was. Well, fine. Man, man, maybe that's what we need. I mean, both as a civilization and religiously, we need to make the affirmative case that this is a better way of life. Yes, I, I think that, that I do think that. This is why I get so annoyed uh, with Christians whose whole thing is what other people shouldn't do. This is why I, I actually believe Jesus said, "Judge not." If if that's what you're doing, you're actually you know making yourself repellent. <laughs> you know, and that your your inner world is is wrong. We know that. You know, as you said, if you look honestly, you become humble. So. Why aren't you thinking about that? Why are you thinking about what this other person is doing, which can only be negative. It can only be stop doing that, right? Um, and, and for me, always, always, I want to lose weight. I have to think about the fact that I'm losing weight, not the fact that I'm not going to eat that thing. You know, it's like I always have to do that. Um, and, and, and I feel like, I mean, there were, there were leaps I took. When I, when I was baptized, I took a leap because I thought this is crazy. You know, this is like crazy stuff. 
And then the joy was instantaneous. I mean, it was a, like a, two weeks later, my wife turned to me and she said, what the hell happened? You're like a totally different person. You know, it was just that thing. And I've, I have followed joy and love always. And, uh, and it, was, it, it was why when I went nuts, I, I always think about this. Like I'm, my, this part of my life is I, I actually believe is miraculous. I'm the only person I know who ever went crazy and then went sane. Like completely sane, you know. Uh, and like, the, there was an Onion headline: "Psychiatrist cures patient." And I always say, like, that's. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but one of the things was is that I thought I should be happy. I thought I should be joyful. I knew inside my, my my mother said that to me like once. You used to be when you were little. You were so joyful. What happened? And I said, I wanted to say you, mom. You know? <laughs> 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 I didn't. You know, I followed the, I followed the rules. But like, but. But you know, I thought I'm, I was supposed to be joyful, and like that, I think that saved me in some crazy way because it, it, it didn't make sense to me to be here. I feel this way every day, really. You know, just the fact that you're here—it's like it's a big thing. You know, it's a gift, and like, uh, and I, you know, even though, like I said, we may not get through the next 20 minutes, we still have me here. Like, I haven't, I haven't wasted it. It's been like a, a joy. It's been, you know, and. I, I don't know. That's what I'm selling. That's my that's my uh, the thing that I'm selling always because because uh, it's what works for me. All righty, folks, that's just part of the conversation I had with Andrew Clavin. It's a very long and awesome conversation. Go check out the whole thing over at dailywireplus.com right now, and we'll see you here tomorrow. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.